Coast. How good do you want your life to be? It's really about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. Well, welcome back to Man vs. Marriage. We're back in the studio. I am Coach Rita, and I have Jeannie here with me again. We're going to continue our talk of, I didn't sign up for this, autism. What do you call it in your family? The a-hole. Yeah, autism is an a-hole. Yes. Autism is an asshole. Yes, very yes. much so. Just to be clear. Just to be clear. It's Just not to be the clear kid. It's, it's the disease. Right. That's not who defines them. So I know we, um, a couple episodes back, we talked about, I did not sign up for this. So when we say that you didn't sign up for autism, you didn't sign up for all those things that come with it. And also some of your other kids have had some challenge challenges medically also Mm -hmm. that you have, you know, shared with. So what did you sign up for? Um, well, I signed up to be married to him, to take care of him and to grow and learn and I guess just be us. Right. Um, that isn't exactly how everything has gone, but that's what we signed up for. Mm -hmm. She's laughing at me. I'm so sorry. I just had a thought. Now I have to just let that thought pass. Uh Uh-oh. Maybe I'll ask it later on in the, later, later on in the segment. So (laughs) you guys have been married 20 years in November. Uh And of that 20 years, the first 10 years, you were saying prior that um, most of it was spent in denial. Most of it was spent um, disengaged. Yeah, it wasn't denial of each other. It was denial of the things that were going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to kind of, basically, it's kind of just treading water and hoping that the next wave doesn't knock you over. Um, We were very disengaged with each other. We were disengaged with the kids as far as, I I think, more emotionally than anything. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've always been hands-on. We've always been really involved with the kids. But it was real hard to connect with anybody with so much chaos going on. Right. And for us at the time, um, we had a lot of stuff from the past that we hadn't dealt with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we started our first year of marriage and we didn't find out until that first day in your office that we were sitting on a, a huge thing of resentment. So, and I know Quincy's talked about that before. So, so we were in a place at 10 years going, do we tell each other what's going on? Do we deal with what's on the table? Do I hold it to myself? Because he's going through the same thing I'm going through. Right. Do I want to add to that? Do I not want to add to that? Um, like I told you before, I thought for sure if I added any more of my crazy to his pile, he was out the door. So, um, and I was pretty much in a state of depression and just not able to grasp anything. Right. I mean, I was, I was stuck in the place of just basically wake up, be mom, go to bed. Going through the motions of life. If we were lucky, we got 10, maybe 20 minutes where we were like, Hey babe, how are you? You doing okay? 
How was your day? But most of it was the minute he hit the front door. Oh my God, do you know what your kids did today? You need to do this, 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 and this, because I'm done. I'm, I'm dad's home. I'm off. Tap out. (laughs) Yeah. And and it it was, I would tell him every time he'd come home, okay, I'm off. You're here. I'm, I'm out. And I would completely just disengage from everything. I'd go in Kiki's room and I'd take care of her the rest of the night and I'd stay there. Right. So it was, it was a lot of, um, trying to figure out how to be married in the middle of all of that. That's a really good question. That is a really good, um, way. Cause I think so many times, um, there's so many circumstances in our lives that we are so challenged with. And how do you stay connected? Like, how do you stay engaged when you have chaos or circumstances? Um, you guys suffered a lot, a lot of trauma in the, in the very, very beginnings of your, um, marriage. So I can understand it's like, this is the safe zone. And if I just stay within myself, then I'm okay Mm -hmm. because it's just me. And if I just go internal, then, then everything's good. Because the minute that you start sharing those emotions, you start sharing what's really on your heart, what's really going on, is there a point of no return? Well, and I felt guilty. I'm complaining about my kids. I'm complaining about him not, you know, being home or I, it felt like if I said anything negative about what we were dealing with, or if I put out what I was really feeling, then I'm, I'm basically tearing him down and it wasn't my intention, right? but that's how he would take it. He felt guilty because I was complaining about things and he could never fix it. It was never going to get better. Right. And he would complain about things and I had so much on my plate at the same time too. It was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to fix all of this and handle what we've got going on. So we just stopped. It's like, okay, then I won't complain and you won't complain and we'll just, we'll survive. That's what we'll do. So what was the changing point? I broke. I know you shared that in the last episode when you were pregnant with, um, Anissa, Anissa. I I got to the point where I was so lonely and it's like, we live in the same house. We share the same room, but you're never here. And when you are here, there's so much going on that you're still not here with me you're you know you're in dad mode or what have you and um I didn't know how to function doing everything by myself and it's not saying he wasn't doing anything that's that's not what I'm saying it was just he was working his job he was working out he was trying to better himself he's trying to do these things that he knew were his job Mm -hmm. but he wasn't taking care of me and at the same time I wasn't taking care of him right so we, we kind of came to the point of either we do something or this is what our life is going to be. Right. Um, for me, I think it was, well, this is going to suck. Um, we had a night he came home from work. I don't know if he'll remember or not, but Kirsten had a really, really bad night. Like, I physically got kicked across the room and she was literally beating the crap out of me because she could not communicate to me that she was in pain. Mm -hmm. And, um, we didn't find out until later that she actually had some major issues going on medically. And we, we had no way to gauge it, but her way of trying to get her point across was just to lash out. She'd had enough. She couldn't feel better. 
And um, that night he came home and at the time Kirsten had like a twin bed and then next to it was a little mini, like a love seat kind of thing. Uh-huh. I was curled up in a ball on the couch, just absolutely sobbing because I didn't, there's nothing I can do. I can't stop her. I can't help her. I can't fix it. I don't know what's going on. And I had just completely gone into myself. It's like, I'm done, dude. There's nothing left. He saw that and it broke him because he couldn't fix me. He couldn't help me. And um, so that's kind of around the same time I think we started working Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. And then um, we had to come to terms with, he came up with the idea of figuring out when I needed a break. So he would call somebody and say, hey, I need a babysitter. I got to get Jeannie out of the house. I, I just, I had to find an outlet. I had to get out. He got to go work out. He got mm-hmm. to go to work, two different jobs. And I know it's it's not like saying, yeah, he just went out and did whatever the hell he right. wanted. That's not what I'm saying. But for me, I was in the middle of all of it. I didn't have an out. My out was going to Walmart where I could be <laughs> normal for God's sake. I'm going to Walmart to feel normal. This is a problem. Right. You know, I'm, and I'm not even in my jammies, so I'm way out of my league on that one. But we just, we came to the conclusion that I, I had to have an out. Mm-hmm. So he started taking care of me by saying, okay, you've had enough. He would call me from work. So-and-so is coming over. They'll be there in 30 minutes. I'll be home. I want you dressed and ready to go. We're leaving. I didn't pick where we went. I didn't pick what we did. He did it all. When we sat with you, that was one of the things that came up in our non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. I have to have a date night. No movies. Movies, right. are, <laughs> movies are optional. We learned that, right, Quincy? But, <laughs> but the date night now, the difference back then was he would just get me out of the house. Mm-hmm. And it used to be he'd call me and say, find a babysitter. So I would have to find a babysitter. And if I was lucky, I did. And on days that I couldn't, it crushed me. Because I was so excited, I'm going to get out, I can breathe, He's, we're, we're going right. to go be us. It didn't always work. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the non-negotiable is date night is up to him. It's him putting in the effort to make sure that we have child care, where we're going, what we're doing. And it basically what it did for me is it took it, the control away from me. I'm, I have to control so much going on that I couldn't control myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't taking care of me. I'm not doing anything for me. And he, by him, okay, we're going Tuesday nights, date night. We're going at this time. We have a babysitter. I'm taking you to dinner. We're going to go do this, this, or this. Cool. If we have a weekend trip, it's right. not so much that way anymore. Now we both kind of do it, but he would do the same thing. We're going away for this weekend and he would give me two weeks Okay, this is what we're doing. So my head was constantly thinking, okay, today may really, really suck. And this was probably the shittiest moment I've had in my life. But in two weeks. Something to look forward to. Yeah. And, that, and then really that's all it, that it was, what was needed for me mm-hmm. was just, I'm going to be able to just let it all go for a little while. Right. And I needed that. So we, we kind of learned, and the same for him, because with me, when I feel like I can not be in charge of stuff mm-hmm. and I can just be me, I, I am more goofy and more fun for him when I don't have to worry about the responsibilities at home. I don't have to worry about a babysitter checking in or, um, you know, just, okay, they're yours. We're gone. 
then his needs get met because I'm engaged completely with him because there's nothing else to pull me away. I don't have to worry about putting Kiki to bed and you know, that sort of thing. So I guess what, what we learned in all of that was figuring out what's your breaking point, Mm -hmm. how to catch it before we break and giving him permission to take control of something. That's probably my hardest thing to do in this life is to go relinquish here babe go go handle that because it's like you're not going to do it my way you're not going to pick the place i want to go you're not going to do this you're not going to do this and i isn't that funny how we are but you know what when with everything that we were dealing with at the time and as broken as i was like i really don't give a crap where we go or what we're doing just do it yeah just do it for me so i hear you saying like there are so many demands in the home front in in you know, just caring for the kids, yours and Quincy's needs just went right out the window. We weren't even checking in with each other. Right. You, you just definitely, if there wasn't enough time in the day to even consider, oh yeah, I have a husband. Like we joke 10 minutes. You got 10 minutes. (laughs) Okay. That, that, that is our, our, has been our joke since Hunter was a baby. We've got 10 minutes before all hell breaks loose so make your 10 minutes count right i don't care if it's a quickie i don't care if it's a conversation i don't care if it's you know getting a bite to eat you got 10 minutes Mm -hmm. that's how we lived for a really long time right and 10 minutes just wasn't cutting it anymore so how did you guys come up with if you could walk us through like come up with absolutes because that's something that i do have a lot of the married couples come up with absolutes, non-negotiables, because this is sometimes what makes or breaks your marriage. Oh, that's a hard one. Um, we both, well, we had to give a lot in that conversation. We, we both had to come to, it wasn't like I could just come out and say, okay, you have to be home on these days at this time because his job's not going to let that happen. Um, so there has to be some give in it, but we came up with, um, at the time his need was affirmation and physical. Mm -hmm. So we came up with, um, words that I would know to let me know that day we, a connection needs to be made that night. Mm -hmm. And the, the absolute for him and for me was if he's telling me this, if he comes to me and says, I need you tonight. Mm-hmm. It, it's a pretty basic statement, but it gives me the whole day in everything that's going on. Right. Okay. But when, the, when he gets home, my focus has to shift completely because this is what he's asked of me. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the option to go mm, today kind of sucked. So no, you can't have that, that I'm not allowed to do that. And some people probably think that's crazy because if he demands that he needs sex and you're just like, yeah, no, I have a headache that that does not work. Right. There are times that we concede to each other. There are things where we say, okay, this is brain check. Right. But um, we had to come up with those terms. We had to agree to that. And there's only a few things that you can actually say rain check on. Mm-hmm. Um, mine where I need a date night. I, I don't care if, like now when we have the new house, it's a little bit easier if we have to just lock ourselves in a room and watch a movie and tell the kids, okay, mom and dad are going to go watch a movie. Don't knock on my door. Don't call the intercom. Leave us be. Um, that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. But we try at least twice a month to get somebody to come in and babysit and we take off and go do whatever. 
Um, but I have to have that time away. I have to be able to disengage from the house. Um, divorce is definitely not an option. That one has been in play since the very beginning. That's probably the only thing that has stuck since day one in right. our marriage. Um, but we had, we had to get down to what is okay for you. What's not okay for you. And it, and it's stupid stuff. Some of it to me, cause it's like, you can't say certain words. That's my rule, not his. There are certain words that trigger me to look at him like my dad. And it's not intentional. It's just, it, it, it's a memory issue for me. Right. And it's like, okay, can you reword that for me <laughs> when you want me to listen? Because I know that once you say it this way, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to listen. Right. And I'm working on it. I'm trying not to come at you and want to choke you. But if you could be willing to compromise on this for me, right. You know, that, that we really just had to sit down and go over what are your needs? What do you expect? And what are my compromises? It's, yeah, it's a lot of negotiation for yeah, sure. A lot of talking through, um, even though we put it out there as an individual, this is my absolute. It's like it's negotiation as to how it is that other person is going to be able to fulfill what that absolute is for them. I know another absolute in the beginning was you guys coming together as a family and sitting down and having dinner because that was huge. I think for Quincy, for Quincy yep. that was a huge thing to sit everybody to sit down and have a dinner together at the same table. I know that was a we, really big thing for, we still have that, but we also have the compromise where, um, everybody sits together and we choose a show that we've recorded or something that we like to watch and we'll sit down and we'll watch an episode together and have dinner. Um, but, it's still probably at least three or four times a week, don't you think, babe, that we sit down and have dinner and he checks in with everybody on how school is and, you know, it, it's chaos. It is absolute chaos. But um, I think that's also helped the kids kind of figure out that we're not just shoving you to the side and letting you just go through what you're doing on right. your own. Um, that was a huge one for him. The other one was waiting for dinner until he got home. That that's probably one of the ones that we're still negotiating because his work time is never right. consistent. Mm -hmm. But, um, so we came up with a compromise. Okay. Well, if you're home before say seven 30, then we'll wait out dinner. If you're going to be late than seven 30, then I'm going to feed the kids because we've got to keep the school schedule. And it's, it's a hard one for him. But when those things come up, it's like, we've, we've got three that have to be on routine. Right. So right. we have to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. So it's still an absolute, but there is a bend to it when it's so necessary. So th there's, in your absolutes, there's still some negotiations as you guys grow as a family, mm -hmm. as you guys grow as individuals. Um, you know, you, you bring those back to the forefront and say, okay, we need to maneuver this a little bit differently. And we use it with the kids too. Like, for example, we have... Um, their chores were set a certain way. Mm -hmm. We used to homeschool. So doing chores daily was not an issue because you're home. But now that oh. we're in public school, right after the first couple of weeks, especially now that we have sports and stuff, we had to come and sit down with the kids and say, okay, we need to change this. Chores still need to be done on, on a daily, but there's certain chores that have to be done on a daily. And there's some chores that we can wait and we'll pick one day on the weekend. And as a family, we'll just bang it out, get the house done top to bottom. And we're good. But that was still 
you know, we're, we're able to take what we've learned for our absolutes and our negotiations and bring the kids into it and say, okay, we need to change things. We're not completely taking it out, but we just need to shift it around so that it works for what we want to do. He's very good at negotiating. So, (laughs) (laughs) so if you fast forward, um, to today, what would you say your biggest change in just your marriage? Just, I'm not talking, I'm, I'm just going to push, not push, but like set the kids over here and with in your marriage, what would you say is probably the biggest thing that has changed? We both refuse to go to bed without discussing what's bugging us. So, and it, and there are times where, you know, I'll say, I, I, you know what, I'm just not ready to talk about it yet, but, um, I'm not allowed to just let it go. I have to say something Mm -hmm. same with him. So if something's bugging him, we, we actually are kind of communicating and getting it out. It doesn't always go well. (laughs) Conversations have been known to happen anywhere between 11 and 8 PM and 2 AM because that's the only time that it's like, you know, I can't fall asleep and I really think we need to talk about this. Right. Okay. We'll have this conversation now, Mm -hmm. but, um, we used to not talk at all. I didn't want to bother him with mine. He didn't want to bother me with his and, now it's not an option. It's like, no, we, we need to discuss it. So communication is huge. Communication is really huge um, with both of us right now. It's, it's just a, check in with me. Right. You Tell know, me just, what's going on. Yeah. Tell me what's on your the, mind. The hard talks are probably the ones that are the biggest change in all of that. Because for a long time, if it was something we were going to argue about or had a potential to blow up in our face, mm-hmm. it's like, mm, put that one over there and we'll talk about it when we absolutely have to. Let's just sweep that one under the rug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we don't, we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So what, so I know we're almost probably coming to the end of our time. So for the listeners, um, like I've said throughout, you know, just having this sit down discussion with you that, you know, the listeners might not have children with autism, but we all have some things life, life, right. (laughs) That enter into our world. So if you could, you know, anything that you could give the listener hope, encouragement, um, advice, wisdom in just what you and Quincy have been through in the last 20 years, what would be some takeaways that you would say these are like, um, just encouraging words or, or things that you've learned through your journey that would really give hope, I think, to the listener. Um, first I think you need to remind yourself that it's okay to feel. It's okay to not um, be okay with the situation. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not be um, happy 24-7 or not feel like you are the perfect person or the perfect mom or the perfect wife. Um, and you don't have to sit there, but it's okay to feel it for a minute. Um, I had to verbalize it. I had to tell him several times, you know, I, this is what I'm dealing with. Right. This is how I feel. Um, 
I think allowing yourself just to be human for a minute is probably the biggest thing. The second thing is let them be human. Let him feel, let him have his side, let him have his emotions and don't discredit it. You know, we were in the same situation, but we saw it very differently. So when you put us in a conversation about our marriage or about the kids or about money, about anything, we see things very differently. And I think the best thing to do, if you can't figure it out, get a third party. Mm -hmm. We had to. I mean, we, we were just at a point where there was just no way of seeing it. Um, the other thing would be talk it out. Don't scream it out. Don't, don't you know, put yourself in a position where you shut down and you can't get past the block. But we had to have some really ugly conversations. We had to come out and, you know, he resented me for things. I was pissed at him for things. Um, I felt lonely. I felt like he didn't love me, like he didn't want to be around. Right. Putting those things out there, it's not trying to take a dig at him or hurt him. It's letting him know this is where I'm at Mm -hmm. and I need you to meet me here. We've got to figure out how do we get from this point to where it is that we want to go. Right. The other thing would be figure out where you want to go. You can't go if you don't know where you're going. Mm -hmm. You know, a map can't take me anywhere if I don't know which direction I want it to go. Right. Um, Quincy and I came to that agreement of good, better or best. Which one do we want? He's never okay with just good. Better is is okay, but it's still not what we want. Best is what we're aiming for. You know, long-term is basically what we're looking at. And where do we see long-term? Where do we see us long-term? What do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish? And it it's not just your marriage. It's what are his dreams? What are your dreams? What do you want to become? What what do you, What does life look like when your kids are gone? You know, it's looking at those things and deciding how are we going to get there. Once you have that, I think once you have that to aim for, Mm -hmm. that changed so much for me and him because now I have a vision of what life could look like. Right. Versus where I'm sitting at the moment. I would much rather climb the stairs to get to where I'm I'm looking at Mm -hmm. than sit down here and stare at it from somebody else's view. That's just not, that's just not us. Right. Great wisdom. That's really good. You've done a great job. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's some great, great advice. Great. Um, I think the important thing is, I know we we dealt with this at the very beginning, is allowing both of you to have feelings, the emotions, the thoughts, the this is my heart, and not take it personal. Mm-hmm. That is such a hard thing to do because we do personalize it because you are in this together. And if we could just step outside of ourselves for a minute and just try to hear what our partner is expressing in their thoughts, in in their emotions of where it is that they're at and just remove ourselves and keep telling ourselves not to take it personal. Sometimes we have to remind each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we're in a conversation, I'll say something and I know right. what I'm feeling might hurt him and he's going to take this personal. So I will tell him, I, this is not about you. This is just what I'm feeling. So I need you to just listen. That helps a lot. Mm-hmm. He, he has to do that with me too. He'll have to tell me I'm not, I'm not targeting right. you. I'm not coming after you. Right. Just, I just need to talk. Okay, cool. I can. It's, if so many c- couples could get, could take that and just get beyond that, 
it it opens up a whole new world of communication and really being able to see where your partner's at in the struggles and and um, it's freedom. It is. It really is. But it's a very um, difficult thing to do because you're hurt. You're you know, there's so many emotions involved. So I think that is a really great thing is to allow, allow each other to fill and give them that freedom to be able to express it of what it is that they are feeling in a safe place. Mm -hmm. So that is, that is great. I really enjoyed this one. Um, we are going to continue our discussion and hopefully you guys could just log on to our Facebook and follow us. It's at Orita M V S M podcast on Facebook. You guys could send us some messages and let us know what you think. Give us some feedback because we really do love it. And it's a great way for us to grow. So I thank you all listeners. So maybe the both of you spouses, both of you could come together and listen to this episode. Or if that's not possible, then um, have your spouse listen to it. Come back and give us some feedback. Give us some things to glean on and what is it that you guys would like to hear next. So stay tuned. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You got to live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.